0: So you like bold red wine most of the time With notes of fig and raisin You like a cold brew and pitching horseshoes As the sun is fading You like football games and dishing out nicknames The Godfather's One and Two We're not so fast, we got a podcast We like that too 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 Hey Bon Vivants, welcome back to the We Like That Too podcast. This is Brad Jones, and of course, joining me is the head Bon Vivant himself, Mr. Keith in Hello, everybody. And it may sound like we are not in the Bon Vivant International Media Center. We are not. We are not. We are someplace very special. To quote our friend Willie, we are on the road again. We are on the road again. We are in beautiful Arrow Rock, Missouri at the Lyceum Theater. That's right. Which uh, you all know, I'm on the board here at the Lyceum, and we've been wanting to come up here and do something for a long time. This is
1: something we've been trying to get worked out for a long time, and I think we should just jump right in. And we're not going to tease anybody because this is we're too excited. Both of us are. We're we're kind of like we're kind of a little giddy. So if we if we turn into fanboys, you'll understand why. Well, there
0: may be some fanboying going on. I'm going to let
1: you introduce our special guest today.
0: I'd be honored. He is two-time Grammy Award winner, the prize of Newton, Mississippi... Mr. Paul Overstreet, yeah. Paul, welcome to the show. Uh, thank, thank you, you. So we're thrilled to have you. Thanks
1: for doing this, Paul. We know you got a crazy schedule, and so we appreciate your time. And we're just going to have some fun today, talk about music and and your journey, and uh and a lot of good stuff. So,
0: well, Paul uh came up last year, played with Scotty yes. Emmerich Yeah, that was and, a great show. Uh, it was one of the my favorite shows. You know, the thing the I Lisey. loved
1: about that show, it was just two musicians with their guitars, not a lot of you know flashy. Nope. Fireworks or anything (laughs) like that, but very intimate setting. You could be right up close and personal and good banter in between songs and stuff. So, you guys did a great show last year. Oh, thank you. We loved it.
2: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, Paul, you're playing tonight too. Uh yes, we're playing tonight I I
0: think around eight o'clock, right? Yep, yeah. Tell the Bon vivants who did you bring with you this time? Because I know some of the parrot heads are gonna be kinda of interested in one of those boys in particular.
2: Yeah, I brought uh John Patty who's uh <laughs> he plays steel drums and congas and yeah. and bongos and and you know, he he's done a lot of shows with me. I met him doing the Trop Rock thing, uh, one of their shows and I just enjoy the way he plays and then I'd send him some tracks, you know, some of my beach songs and he would play, uh, congas and then he'd put steel drums yeah, on it. Yeah. So it's authentic. You know, a lot of people can emulate that with a keyboard, but it's not the same.
1: No. Not when at all. Somebody
2: plays it. It's just distance kind of, between
0: notes and John's a real producing. deal, man. He's played like the national anthem and, and it, at major league play. baseball stadiums and stuff. But we've known him since he was just a kid, really. And yeah, well, he played with Jim Morrison, the Big Bamboo Band, mm. and that was one of the first times I got a chance to see him. And, oh yeah, uh, well, he's excellent. And, I mean, uh, he really
2: knows that. He knows all this. the
0: girls certainly love. love they do. they? yeah, they an do. Ugly old guy, but it, I don't it, know why. It, uh, it enhances your stage. That's for sure. They <laughs>
1: they call that stage dressing
0: but you got it you got a couple other songwriters you well yeah but i also have a, I, well and the your keyboard first part player. of the show
2: will be me and john and dane Bryant. he's played keyboards for Livy newton john he was our band leader for 20 years wow. and then he played with clint black for 20 years and, oh, wow. and now we play sessions in town and he'll come out with me every now and then and play and so we've traveled around together we don't actually rehearse or anything. They just kind of have the songs down and we just kind of stumble through them. But but
0: Sometimes matter. that's the best way to do it,
1: isn't it? You know? Well,
0: know? kind of like you and Scotty yeah. last year. I mean, there was not a set list. It was no, just no. kind of look at each other and go, Go. I think, yeah. I think
1: audiences appreciate that a little bit of impromptu, uh, you know, just do what feels good that night, what you want to do. I, you I know, think- I've
2: always done that. Even when I was touring with my band, I'd make a set list right before the show and they would all laugh. They <laughs> 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 I mean, knew I wasn't going to stick to
0: it. It's just but, a but suggestion. You know, I
2: did do shows with people that were so scripted. And I was like, how can anybody do that every time they tell the same joke in the same spot of the show? Yeah. And I thought to myself, does an audience not get... Burn out on that and they they have no freedom to just move around with songs. It's all scripted. Yeah. Not much spot in there. Yeah. And I was just, I was, I, I was like, man, that bore me to tears because I'm kind of <laughs> ADD, I guess, but, <laughs> but it's, you don't even get to read the audience and see, but I found out that there was this one, uh, artist that told a, a joke about a certain sandwich and they told it every show in the same place. And then, this one show, they took that joke out and didn't tell it, and the fans, they traveled, they followed them yeah, from so one show to every other show. <laughs> you forgot this? They did. They said, you left Dr. <laughs> Pimber's jokes on. I'm like, and I, they told me that, 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 and I was like, are you kidding people, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're upset oh, if you don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Fans, So yeah. I'm yeah. like, I don't really, maybe I don't really understand an audience like like they do, because that's what they do it every time, and everybody likes it, I guess. Well,
1: you know, we we know some performers, performers and stuff and it seems like some nights they don't want to do certain songs they don't feel like right, it yeah. even even if it's one of their most popular yeah. they're like I'm not feeling that tonight. Let's go
0: off script. Let's do something else. So mm-hmm. at least that gives you the opportunity to do that. Yeah. In the bigger yards, some of the fans will definitely let well, you know about that. It's like Jimmy and the, the Big Eight. You know, yeah. there's, there's eight, eight or nine songs you better do every night yeah. or you're yeah. going to be in trouble. Well, yeah.
2: And there's people get real upset, like Van Morrison, if he comes in and plays and he doesn't play Brown
0: like right Girl, like girl yeah. hates that. he hates, by he, the way. Does he? I don't
2: know why you know Randy My brother saw him one time <laughs> and he came stum- went out on
0: stage. If you don't think I'm going to do it, you're fucking brown-eyed girl and not doing it, so it is. If you came to hear that tonight, was like,
2: Yeah, he's kind he's of <laughs> notorious
1: for that. yeah,
0: yeah. That's funny. Hey, I want to go all the way back. Well, wait. Uh,
1: we're get, we're, you're getting ahead of yourself.
0: Uh-oh. See, Keith, it's my time to Keith, do my, Keith, my job. Keith
1: keeps us on, on track. Right, there's so. a theme here and it starts with one bottle, so we're going to drink first. All right. Okay? So the reason we chose this wine is when we saw you and Scotty last year, Paul, you were drinking some wine on stage, and it was a bottle of Prisoner. Now, we thought you had chosen it. You just informed us that you hadn't, but we thought if you liked it, we'll try this one. Prisoner is an Orange Swift wine. And so we're going with another Orange Swift wine today called Palermo. This is a Napa Cabernet. So let's all take a taste of it and, and uh, a give the it's, it's, it's
0: got a beautiful – It's a great dark color, is isn't very, it? It's very, very dark, very pretty. Um, yeah. This is
1: 100% cab, Keith? It is 100% cab. And, you know, they – uh well, they must have donated this bottle. Well we have a bottle sponsor. We, uh, what a great segue. Wow. The bottle comes from our bottle sponsor, Barbino, in beautiful downtown Jefferson City. Oh, that's so, right. so he that's provide right. Matt Green provides all of our bottles okay. and that's where well, this one came from.
2: That's who you need to be
1: talking about. Yeah, well he, <laughs> and People, we have,
0: anybody that gives us booze. Matt's been with us could, since day one, so we do yeah. appreciate
1: Matt, but um big nose a fruity
0: california cab I would call it a uh, typical sort of nice rich napa cab
1: this has some nice ripeness on the back end though that it, it does it, uh, just a touch of tannin but
0: really well balanced
1: again I think Paul what do you I uh, think it's what great. do you
0: Paul Paul is making circles Paul's uh, making, music. making music music <laughs> <laughs> Okay, in seventy seven episodes. No one's done that yet. So congratulations for your musical talents. Uh Mr. Overstreet, thank you. So this is out of Napa,
1: twenty twenty one. Uh I'm sorry, this is in two thousand nineteen. You know, in twenty and twenty one they battled some of those wildfire issues. I was yes. there. Yeah.
2: I was there in Napa and it was ashes falling on our table at lunch and it's like wow. covering the table like and, well, it's, and it, it affected the grape harvest smoky. too, yeah. And I've, from what I've heard from some of the better winemakers there, they really didn't get a good harvest. Some people no. harvested early, but it was just didn't, yeah. it wasn't a good, it had no, it year. was a
1: challenging year for them. And, and the, the heat, the heat of the summer before the wildfires was very stressful on the grapes. Few of them didn't so, even, didn't yeah. even harvest. So this is Palermo Cabernet from Orange Swift, um, which is now owned by Gallo, interestingly enough. We'll uh, post a picture on the website. Pretty easy to identify. It's got a like a pirate skeleton on the on the front of it. Pretty interesting. Mm. Um, Fifteen point four percent alcohol by volume, and this one's about a sixty dollar bottle of wine. So
0: this is one of our more expensive ones. Yeah, it's, we, it's we try a little to stay modest, end. but yeah, it's, it's but, good. It's but, worth it. But yeah. occasionally, you need to go out and treat yourself. Treat
1: yourself. That's right. Yeah, so that's right. Thank you to Matt. Beautiful downtown Jefferson City, Bar Vino
0: all your wine and beverage for all needs. your wine and beverage needs yeah. all right back paul, to the when, show paul when you left newton mississippi as your bio says you kind of uh,
2: well actually uh, no let me uh, i was born in newton you were born in newton newton mississippi and i was delivered by dr todd and I, and I didn't stay there long we moved down south to the coast uh when i was maybe 3 years old yeah so when I went back, I played, uh, a show at a, at a bank and almost everybody there was delivered by Dr. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's really funny, but in my bio, that's where I was, it says, it should say that's where I was born, but it's sometimes, who knows? Yeah. But well, I left Mississippi down yeah. the Gulf Coast. I okay. lived Van Cleve for a long time. Okay. And until my junior year in high school. But after that, I went to Prentice, Mississippi and lived with my brother and played football there, graduated there, Prentice. And then I went, uh, to Texas for a while, and the way I got to Nashville was I I was in Texas and uh, I was working at a construction company, and Tanya Tucker and Johnny Rodriguez were doing a show at the Melody Ranch, yeah. and I thought, I think I should go see that because I, most of what I had seen was like uh, rock and roll acts, you know, in these big arenas, and I just yeah, doing what I do, writing music, I just felt like I was so far away from that, mm-hmm. and then I went to their show and I saw
1: them and I went hmm. Maybe I could do that. Well, tell us about what got you into music. What was your original exposure to it? What, you know, when'd you pick up a guitar? Why, you know, all that kind of stuff.
2: Uh, my family, my brother-in-law played guitar. My brother had an electric guitar when we went to California and stayed with my dad some. And I learned some chords there and my brother-in-law played and my stepfather played. And so I learned a lot of of chords like that. And then the rest is kind of just self-taught, but. I saw the movie about Hank Williams Sr., about yeah. his life, you mm-hmm. know? George Hamilton. Right. Played yeah. Hank. And I, I mean, I was eight years old when I saw it and I went, that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Because you just take your, your mind and your emotions and a guitar and you sit down and you write a song and it changes, you know, it changes your world and changes other people's world, you know. Great. When yeah. I think about all the Hank, great Hank songs that we wouldn't have had if he hadn't had not Oh, absolutely! Been doing that, it, you know. Our our world would be different because I think music really enhances our our world. Without oh. music, it would be I I can't
1: imagine you know, what I, it would I, be like. I don't think I. I mean, and this sounds over dramatic. I don't think I want to live in a world without music.
0: No, I don't think so either. I think it I would just be so a,
1: uh, just a miserable existence. You know, they you do, know? do that. Sometimes. Think about every yeah. the, the way you tie connections and memories and relationships, and and we were talking about you link things in your life to music and musical events, and uh you know there's. Mm-hmm. A Couple of really good songs have been written about that. Yeah, and yeah so, the song um, "Remember"
2: where "Song Remembers" yeah. when was a great song. Yeah, Hugh right? yeah. Preswood. Yeah. When I heard that song, I went,
0: "Wow, that's yeah. that's right on it." Well, they do that on a couple of times. They've done a couple of little mini documentaries on on soundtracks for movies, and and so they'll show you this scene. Yeah. and they'll take the music out, and it's just. It just kind of lays there. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't, just there's no, there's doesn't no do light, anything. No light you know? at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. watch the Graduate, not have any you know any songs in it. Right. It'd just be
1: you know two people pissed at each other. And you yeah. know, so I interrupted you to get a little background, but you were about to tell us how you got to Nashville. So, oh well, take well, us I on just, that. Journey. I just
2: saw them that night, and I, I just uh, you know I wanted to do right by the job that I had but I when I saw him I went I think that's what I, I think I could do that it seemed like they were just in a, a dancing nightclub you know and yeah they just came out and played their songs and left the stage and it wasn't any big theatrical stuff you know but it was it was good and I stood in line and talked to Tanya that night never knowing that in the future I would write some songs that she would record and have hits with you know but yeah. I stood there and got a, got an autographed picture of her and Talked to her for a second and she's a couple of years younger than me. So she was, I don't know, she might have been
1: well, she broke 16 out young. or something yeah, like that. She was that young time. when she broke into the business. And mm-hmm. She's kind of a, kind of a, uh, Very a, young, a rebel 15, and revolutionary when she came into the business as a young young yes, female artists.
2: And and tomorrow night they're inducting her in the country music hall of fame. Finally. Oh, well, well deserved. Finally. Yeah, well yeah. deserved. Yeah. I mean it, there's people in there already that yeah. that she should have gone in before. That's that a lot of that's interesting how that works. It's political you know? I yeah, mean you gotta have some a political. great manager on top of yeah, it. Yeah. And who's connected to all those people who make those decisions. Yeah, and if, you, if you don't have that you probably If
1: you've crossed swords with anybody in the past that can keep you out and mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. So you know all those kind of relationship yeah. things. But you
0: and uh, because because I did my homework. You and Paul Davis had a song with Daniel went to number three. One love at a time. Oh
2: yeah, I didn't I didn't know what the chart position was, but yeah, (laughs) I think
0: according to this, it hit three. So
2: pretty good. yeah, Yeah, that was great. That was the first one that she recorded. I think Paul and her got to be really good friends, and so we would talk about right or just doing stuff with her. And my wife was doing her makeup, and I sent that song through my wife to her. I said, "I hey, give this to tany- Tanyan," and so she did. And my wife said, "You got better songs than that." And I went, "No, oh, I think this is the right one." So, yeah. <laughs> and she cut it, and it was a great, great record. But it started a relationship, you know. Yeah, yeah. And she and I got to be re- good friends because of that, you know.
0: So when you got to when you got to Nashville, tell us a little bit about SKO. When you got there, how long were you there before you got together with them? And 1981, you had this is pretty amazing. The first big hit you had was with George Jones. I mean, yeah. that's that's kind of going to the top of the mountain pretty quick, there, Paul. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, gosh, there's so many reasons in how things happen. Um, Especially
0: in Nashville. Well, maybe. I was writing
2: at the time I was writing for the Oak Ridge Boys. Right. But I was down in Mississippi sitting at my brother's house and, uh, just walked into his, uh, living room and, uh, I sat down on the couch, and his son came in there and sat down and fell asleep beside me, and the dog came in and laid on the floor and, and fell asleep. And, and it's a town where I used to know where everything was and all the parties, but I'd been gone so long. I was bored, you know. I was, just didn't have anything to do. I didn't know where anybody was. And there, all my friends were kind out of gone out of the town at that point. And I was sitting there, and I just saw this image, you know, the same old me. The I just kind of saw the image, and I just wrote basically about what I saw. And I had the lyric, and the next day, my brother was driving me to the airport, and I I said, man, I wrote a song there last night at the house. I said, let me read the lyric to you, see what you think. And he was driving, so I read the lyric to him, and I said, what do you think? He said, hmm, I don't know. I don't really hear anything in it, but. <laughs> what does he know? <laughs> so I was never going like, well, to. I'll never show this to anybody. How many you know? Grammy Award
1: winning songs has he written? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, but.
2: I mean, if. And this is what I learned later on. When you read a lyric, it's not the same as when you play it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So when you write... Are you a lyrics first and then a melody or a melody first? first. Since since you went there, that's my question. We've talked to some other musicians and, and it seems to be, as I, as I say, it's like putting, you know, there's one objective, but there's different ways to get there, you Mm -hmm. know? So, so what, so what what comes (laughs) first for you or does it change? Well,
2: to to me, it's, um, and I've talked to other artists. I think, um, a lot of it is what you got to say is like when you have something that you want to say, you, you say it in a way that has a rhythm to it. Um all the, you know, English words to me have, are rhythmic. And that's kind of what you play off of. And at that time, I was probably more of a, uh, they call it M-O-R, kind of middle of the road kind of artist. You know, yeah. I was more, I like Jim Croce and a lot of stuff yeah. he did. So well, I naturally migrated yeah. to that. And, uh, but when they, the Oak Ridge Boys, I turned it. I got to Nashville, and I wasn't even gonna play it for anybody because of what my brother said. <laughs> but I went to this guy's house and he was playing me some some songs he was working on that we were gonna write together, and he's and I and some of the things he played me were kind of l- along the lines of what I had, and I was like, well, maybe I could just share it with him, and see what he thinks, and I played it for him, and he goes, "Oh man, we gotta get that demoed. And I was like, really?" And he, but he heard the chord changes mm-hmm. yeah. and the way the melody went over those. It yeah. was yeah. unique. Your yeah. brother yeah. did. And he was, but he yeah. he had been in Elvis's band. And so he was, uh, you know, he played with Elvis for a long time. That's Tony Brown. And he, and he's the one that said, man, we got to get that demoed. And so he helped me demo it and we turned it in. The Oak Ridge boys took it to Billy Sherrill. They said, Billy, you always said if we had a song George could sing, bring it to you. And so, we're bringing you this song. And if if y'all record it, we'll do the backgrounds on it.
1: Oh, wow. Nice. And
2: oh. so that's how George and the Oak Ridge Boys wound up doing that. That was a pretty good song. day, wasn't it, Paul? Yeah, that was <laughs> you know that was a solo right? So I, I wrote that by myself. Didn't have any co-writers, you know. But nice. uh, but that was a big. And I didn't really realize how powerful songs were. Until that happened, and I was out in Texas after the song was a hit. A DJ told me, Man, I got a call the other night. A guy said, It's a matter of life and death that you play this song. And oh, my he, gosh. He wanted to hear the same old me. He's ded- dedicating it to somebody they were having some trouble or whatever. But wow.
1: Man, oh, man. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, saying what we just said about the impact of music and how important it is in people's lives. You know, people tell stories. It's like that. Uh, if uh, this is country music, and we do, you know, Brad Paisley song, it talks about everything in life. You know, that's it, how we communicate mm-hmm. sometimes because we can't find the words ourselves. Mm-hmm. So uh,
2: I know songs used to move me a lot. You know, yeah. when I went, it was the emotional part that I felt. You know, it wasn't. It was that's the way I could communicate with was with my guitar because I was a little bit shy, but I could I could feel a certain thing, but not be able to have them. Yeah. You know, the guts or the balls that go out and say it to some girl or something, but I could go in and write it in a song, put it in a song on my guitar and yeah. i like and that I could say it and get it out that way. Oh
1: I'm funny, you know, I travel a lot, drive do a lot of drive around the state and uh, about the time my daughters were getting married and stuff, if I heard a song like, you know, I Loved Her First or uh, oh, yeah. Stealing Cinderella, I'd be like driving mm-hmm. on the highway just bawling. Like, <laughs> oh, you know? yeah. People look at me like, what's wrong with that yeah. guy? He's crying his eyes out in the car. That stuff gets to me. Oh, it it man, hits it me hard. Will, yeah. It hits me hard. So I think that's the power of music. I, I love it. So. I had
2: a church one day, and they were having a little dinner on the ground after this church. And a and, little uh, lady come up to me and she said, I heard. I said, I heard one of your songs on the radio the other day and I started crying. And I was thinking, she said, I actually had to pull over. I was crying. I was like, well, I was thinking it had to be like. Maybe same old me or like some, you know something with a lot of emotions. Yeah. She goes, "It was Daddy's come around and Mama's way
0: of thinking." <laughs> Which is an up tempo <laughs> song, and I'm like, "Why would you stop? Why would that make you cry?" Well, just so you know, our our good friend and the person that does the intro music for us, the uh, the official, we like that too, uh podcast jingle at the beginning. He plays in Jeff City. He's got one of the greatest vocals you've ever heard. His name's David Baker. Wednesday night he did four. Paul Overstreet songs, because a couple of them are truly his absolute favorite. You know, that's the other fun thing
1: about music, Paul, and I'm sure you run into it, too. You know, Nashville's loaded with talented musicians, some who've made it big, some who are still trying to make it, some who have found their niche, who are satisfied to be where they are and they're working musicians and making a living and stuff, but they probably have resigned themselves to the fact that they're not ever going to be a Billboard hit or anything like that. But to To be able to go around and travel and hear talented musicians wherever you are I just love that kind of stuff I love live music and I encourage Bon Vivants out there if you're not supporting local musicians and people who are out there gigging and trying to make it man do yourself a favor and do them a favor and get out there and go to a show buy a ticket Hit the tip jar and and help those guys out.
0: Get a, Get a CD. Buy a T-shirt. Yeah. Get some go, merch. Go to yeah. the merch yeah. table mm-hmm. and, and that's uh, and the uh, or go to a house concert. You know that's yeah. that's yeah. been a big deal with the with the trap rock community is is house concerts and performers love them. I mean it's it's just kind of one of those really unique kind of deals where you can look them you know you're this close and you're watching somebody crying to your song and they're like you know you can't get, or laughing or laughing yeah. or, or, or yeah. singing along or, or laughing singing, or and singing sing along. along you know i've heard <laughs> i've heard <laughs> them say
1: when somebody's sing along to your song mm-hmm. man that's rewarding you remember you know? the
0: first time you might have went to a gig and you're looking and, and the people are mouthing words to your song i mean that's oh, that's yeah. powerful
2: yeah like uh like, Texas, a lot of times they Texas is really good at supporting their artists. Yeah. And I played with Roger Craiger out there one time at Green Hall, and all these college kids are there because he kind of um, built his audience, you know, with with the college kids when he was in college and everything. So they all yeah. follow him and. It was his birthday party, and I sang "When You Say Nothing at All," and everybody sang all the words with me. All I had to do was get
0: started. We're going to start. And we're going to talk about that one. Yeah, in a minute. we we actually need
1: to talk about some of that stuff right now. Let's, yeah. So, so Bon Vivants, let's uh, Brad. You've got the list. I've got one in front of me, but let's talk about some of the songs that Paul has written. You're, you're the best kept secret out there because people don't know who write these songs. I know. You know. I know. Uh When You Say Nothing at All, of the list of my, that I look at, and I like a lot of them, that probably is the one that hits home to me the most. It's just it's been covered by a lot of people. I know Keith Whitley made it a, a hit, but I'm probably more familiar with the Alison Krauss version. hmm because she did very well with it also. She did. And uh so, you know, both are great uh but And then Ronan Keating Yeah. Oh, Ronan Keating yeah. did it too. He did but, it but, in but, the,
2: in the movie Notting Hill. Yeah. And now yeah. he did his own thing with it. It's just amazing I how know. B- different people can take the same song
0: and have a different Put their impact own spin on it. it. yeah. So but, great song. But that song yeah. that song just reaches into your soul, man. It just, you know, some songs they just do that and you just hear it and it's one of those songs. Well, last year, I'll just tell you, when you did it last year, I looked over and... We're all just kind of a mess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just you know we did have fun with all the fun songs with you and Scotty and stuff, and then you pulled that one out, and probably it'll happen again tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: well, Brad, you're right though. It's one of those songs with a universal message that everybody can connect to on some level. I wish, I bet you wish you got a royalty every time it was played at, at a wedding for a first dance number because <laughs> I hear it a lot. Yeah, a from lot the weddings, DJ on like the first, you know, the first bride and groom dance of the night. Is when you mm. say nothing at all? Yeah,
0: great song. I wanted great to song. ask you too because you've collaborated with some amazing the folks that you've collaborated with. uh Don Schlitz was supposed to play here, and COVID hit. I was so oh. bummed out. I was like, Oh, I want to hear him. Man, so Man, he's bad. got a lot of great how, songs. He can yeah, play. Well, <laughs> how, how did uh how did you and Don Don hook up? uh Well, Don and I, you
2: know the SKO thing. Y'all mentioned that I earlier. I was going yeah, yeah, to ask yeah. yeah. you about know, SKO. Yeah, I'll kind of go through that with you but we started uh i started writing at a publishing company called writers group and tom schuyler was writing there and i'd known tom through deb dave which was eddie rabbit's company and jim malloy started a company so deb dave briar pack so i wrote for both of them they back in the day they'd given me 25 dollars a week each to write songs oh boy so that's how much money I was I was making $50 <laughs> a week and I was doing it because I I'd been on the road with my band and so I was used to making pretty good money in my yeah. band we all but we just played clubs and we were there six nights a week and I just
0: Was that with SKO then? No. No, oh, it was okay.
2: just me and in my band and I was like, man this is going, it's hard to, I don't, I can't see a future in this. I don't want to be doing this when I'm 40, you know? So I got an opportunity to to write for Eddie rabbit and I took it, you know, and, and I started there. And so I wrote there and Tom, they signed him and he wrote there for a while too. So we knew each other like through that, but, then we both went to this company called Writer's Group. Bill Gaither was one of the investors. Oh, yeah. That. And uh, so they had several investors like that that came together and pooled us money to sign us. And so we'd play the Bluebird every now and then, but we would just all play together. But we started talking, hey, if we're going to do this, why don't we learn each other's songs? Yeah. I mean, we did it several times and didn't really know each other's songs. We'd just go up there and play and, and kind of like in the round. And then so we decided, um, yeah, let's do that. So we started singing harmony and it got to be a thing and people goes, you guys, y'all, y'all need to form a band. You know, we're like, <laughs> we're three chiefs. We're three writers. Yeah. We don't need to form a yeah. band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden MTM records wanted to saw us play one somewhere and wanted to sign us. And so. That's how it started. And so we went into it w- with each having a contract to do a, a group, uh the SKO thing, and then yeah. also individual contracts with the record labels. So after a year, we did the first album, but it was a headache a lot of times. There's a lot of stress. To, there's some of the things that they were wanting to do, the record companies wanted to do. I just was felt like I didn't really fit. So Sure. But you, guys had, a, you know, guys had just, a number
0: one song, Baby's Got a New Baby. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, yeah, we you had, had some, some. A couple of big hits yeah, off, of that, yeah. off that record. Yeah. But I just, I told him, I said, man, why don't y- you guys take it and go, go on and I'll just dude i'm just gonna go into the solo part of my contract
0: well some of your some of your you've got some of your biggest hits yeah were, let's, with, let's go with, through with some randy hits, travis right? yeah mm-hmm. now how did you and uh you and randy travis try because again you and don schlitz wrote a few of the randy travis mm-hmm. songs too, well, we got I mean, forever
1: and ever amen we got digging up ever bones ever, well
0: and you got a great you got a grammy for uh um, forever and ever amen yeah. so uh another another
1: country classic yeah. dig
0: it up bones yep. you know so it's. It's got to be amazing when you're talking about country music and, and a couple of your songs get mentioned. And by the way, the other night, it had to be amazing because I watched the Country Music People's Choice Awards and uh, Naomi Judd did probably one of the the biggest songs that the Judds had was Love Can Build a Bridge. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that oh, was you that mean was, Winona? Yeah, yeah Winona. Sorry, uh, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. She's she. I, did she do the whole thing, or it seemed like it was just a snippet of it? Or yeah, something they or did. Well, it, it, or it, was it was a big hit for yeah. him. It was a big yeah, was hit for him. Great song, huge. another
1: great song. So.
2: Um, yeah, that's that's a, that was a huge song. But you asked me earlier how I met Don Slitz. Well, that whole Bluebird thing when we were all playing, it was me and Don and Tom and Fred. One
0: of, one of my questions is is there's three iconic places in Nashville, and I was going to ask you about one of and one. Of them was the Bluebird Cafe because I got to go one time, and it was truly a religious experience. It was one of the coolest things I have ever done in my life, but it's so hard to get in there. I mean, it's, well, it it's is it's a lot easier for somebody's got hits but, off, you know. But stuff. it all it kind of always was. I mean, even even before
2: what happened was the movie, that TV show, uh, Nashville changed completely, yeah. changed yeah. the Bluebird totally, but the bluebird used to be all people from nashville i mean all the people in the music business everything would come and they'd line up to come in to see writers play yeah and a lot of songs were found there like that
0: oh yeah yeah
2: and so we would always have a line out there waiting when we but we just in around and we'd play i know and that's how don i that's how i met don and he just said he he wanted to write and i was like man that That'd be great, because he wrote The Gambler of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. yeah. Pretty good and pedigree. He's, yeah, and he's yeah. still one of my favorite writers. I mean, Tom Schuyler, too. Tom and I wrote a lot of things together. Paul Davis. Long Line Love. Paul, Paul Davis. Paul uh, from Mississippi, from Meridian. He and I got to be really close, and we wrote a lot of songs together. Now, he was probably the toughest one to write with, not because when you got started, but it's like he would get to his house at 10 in the morning, he'd sit on the couch, and he'd be like... Well, let me get coherent and he'd sit here and he'd drink coffee. Oh, he talked so slow. <laughs> and he was like, he'd, he'd drink coffee for an hour or two. And then we'd walk in the <laughs> other room, sit down to the piano. He paced himself. Oh yeah. 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 He, he was never in a hurry, but yeah. about anything except moving to that farm
1: he had out there. Well, you know, uh, I'm a lyrics guy. I love, you know, lyrics speak to me when a, when a song has a really good lyric. And I love a lot of your songs do this, but there's one song in particular is a Randy Travis song that takes a turn of phrase or I'll call it even a twist of phrase. And that's on the other hand, because that's a common phrase and you turned it into a song about a wedding ring. What was your inspiration for that? How did that happen?
2: Well, Don and I were writing another song. It was kind of the same theme, but it, we kind of, I mean, we it was the third time we'd sat down to try to finish it, and it was called Greedy Heart. Well, I mean, it was just basically saying, you've already got one love, why aren't you sitting over here stirring up something else you know and he's <laughs> like you greet the heart don't be greedy you got right. my love already something like that but it was probably never going to be a big hit although it did get recorded later by Janie Fricky. but um, Don looked at me and he said well we could say that or on the other hand and I said, "There's a golden band," and he looked, he looked at me, <laughs> Whoa, and we just left wait, that other wait, song. Wait, wait, and oh my God! And started right there. Oh. It just happened that quick. And it can, yeah. and it and can happen. Like we looking at each other. And, went, oh, there's no, there's no, and we started writing it, and we probably had it finished like in an hour something like that and then went to lunch
0: and you know we had wow. bill, we had bill white on the on the show I know you probably know bill mm-hmm. and then he said that sometimes he said you know I'm one of those people you know you put little pieces of paper in the in the drawer and sometimes you go back and it's two or three years and some of them they just write themselves mm-hmm. just, just like just mm-hmm. exactly yeah. what you said well that's they what just I, jump up on. and say here here I am I feel like
2: personally so I have a relationship with God so I feel like sometimes God just goes Goes, I know what you're trying to do. Let me show you how to do it. <laughs> can, I, can I
0: help you? Yeah, let me help you it's, out. It's like the it. life from forest. Get out of the
2: way, kid. <laughs> the life from forest
1: cup, and then God showed up.
2: And God yeah. showed yeah. up. Uh, that's yeah. great. And that's he'll right. show up and show, off, show well, out.
0: That's okay with me. I love it. So I've got to ask you about about one thing. I kind of alluded to it. Do you remember that first bluebird, the first time you sat down in the circle at the bluebird? Mm mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes when they, the first time they, they end up going, I didn't even know that the guy who was sitting next to me wrote XYZ. It was like, it was the most amazing thing. You know, Garth's got a pretty good story about the bluebird. Well, I kind of knew all these guys. I mean, I was been doing
2: music so long. I wasn't damn. really impressed with a lot of that stuff. What I was mostly, I was nervous about the bluebird, but it wasn't because it was the bluebird. Yeah. It was because I'd been smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> In the past and i was and i had dreams and uh, that i couldn't remember the words of proud mary. Of mary i was like oh i had a dream once i forgot the words of proud mary i'm on stage and i was like it's because i'm smoking weed i gotta quit and <laughs> so exactly. i did i quit i quit smoking but they call I that had, the actor's had, nightmare i haven't played much live after fine. that so but just, you will
0: admit it doesn't get any more intimate and if you screw up man Everybody on the planet's going to know it at the Bluebird Cafe. And I don't know how
2: Willie Nelson does. I mean, I couldn't go. <laughs> I,
0: if I went on stage stoned. Oh, it'd, it'd be. But a what slicker. is
1: it? Toby um, Keith that does? I'll never smoke weed with Willie. Yeah, right. that's, that's hilarious. Really, hilarious, really, really. hilarious song. That's
0: yeah. By the way, Roger Krieger opened for Willie when we saw him down at Lake of the Ozarks last year. Oh, really? And uh yeah, he did Golf Course Days. Golf Course Days was just absolutely one of my favorite songs on the did planet. Did he do Everclear? Mm, yep yeah
2: i did he roger and i wrote a really really good song together I, he plays it sometimes
0: yeah it's that called was, i loved you that was a thrill yeah. That's a really well, yeah, we, we
1: talk about all this great music you know there's a place that our Bon vivants can get music very easily brad
0: i think i know where it is can Do you I, think it is what, i think it, it might your be your, i bet it's your local library it is your local library you know
1: our local library missouri river regional library has an app called hoopla hoopla you download this app and through your library card you may not know this, through your library card, you can download music, check out music, albums, that kind of thing, stream live concerts. And so, Bon Vivants. if you're looking for places to go and download and listen to music like Paul's, check out your local library. Ours is Missouri River Regional Library, and we appreciate them being a sponsor of the show. And check out the Hoopla app,
0: all right? I could do it. That'd be good. I mean, you've only got. Let's see here. You've only got songs by Tanya Tucker, Keith Whitley. uh Oh, this little song Some Beach" by is which I think is one of the most cle- <laughs> I love clever Some Beach. songs. Oh my gosh! By by Mr. Blake Shelton. There was another another uh numero uno song for you. Great song. How'd that come about? Oh Lord, that
2: was like uh, I set an appointment to write with Rory Feek, and we went to Starbucks and. Got coffee, and we're sitting there, and, and I was telling him, I said, well, th- they've given me the information that Kenny Chesney's going to do another island record, and so they need songs for it. And if you want to write something for that, let's do it. And so we're sitting there, and and we came to the conclusion that everything about the islands has already been written. I mean, we were like, eh, it kind of is. It feels that way. And then Rory goes, well, what about some beat somewhere? And, and, and then we start talking about, yeah, it's like that thing about you want to get away. Mm-hmm. And so we knew some be somewhere would be like a thing, but um, I said, "Why don't we put a little space in there?" So when you say some beach, some some beach is some you don't beach, know what's it's coming a, next. It's, yeah. a it's a double entendre. Goes, yeah, I don't know. we probably better not do it, do it yeah, like that. But I think we have to now. No, I yeah. think it's and it was, I think, it, you know, some kids are getting in trouble at sing it in school, you know, and teacher, but they didn't know it. <laughs> Teachers didn't know it was a song. You
1: know. ah, they need to get out more. I was going to say.
2: That's Teachers that, need to get that out. That seems a little
1: tight to me, but
2: uh, yeah. especially but, when but, we you know, know, that's really how that started.
0: Well, the other one, Deanna one because we went and saw him uh kenny chesney you know one of the highlights of his whole concert is she thinks by tractor sexty i mean yeah. everybody went absolutely bonkers yeah. when he when he goes into that song yeah i think yeah. he closes his show with it yeah it still was, i think he's still doing that it but was amazing yeah. Well, that's
1: you know that's heart of america speaking to the heart of america that's that touches a lot of people right where they live so another one of those songs that, and if you can get that universal connection you know you're going to hit something so uh That's great.
0: The other place I wanted to ask him about, though, Keith, because Brenda and I, when we took a tour, it's still on my bucket list to go to an actual show there. I haven't been to a show there. The Ryman Theater. Mm Mm-hmm. You played the Ryman? Mm -hmm. Now, I know you had to have remembered the first time that you played the Ryman Theater. Yeah, yeah, I've played it uh several times. I'm sure. yeah,
2: one of them was for y'all know dollar general store. Yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah, we got one about on every block yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got called
2: to come down there and play it for it was a family event when the older gentleman was uh, getting he's retiring and his son was kind of taking over. And his son wanted me to sing see my father and me for him. And oh. So, so I I did it on the stage and, and then shortly after that he invited me to lunch. And I went to lunch with him. he goes, No, you came to sing that song for us, what can I do for you? And I was like, I didn't know. I was like I wasn't sure what to what to say? And then they did the 50, uh, hits, 50 something country hits or something. I, I had to sing two songs on there one night and I was a little nervous about it because right before I went on, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I remember the words on the other hand. <laughs> like one of those things, like you've sung this a million times and your brain starts doing all these little tricks to you messing with you. Like, well, yeah. you know, you don't really know those words. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do.
1: Well, Paul, we could go on and on about your hits. We just appreciate so much the time you've taken with us this morning. We're going to, we're going to transition to the third part of the show.
0: Oh, yes. (laughs) The most heralded part of the We Like That Too podcast. It is now time for the El Bandito Yankee Tequila three top picks. That's right,
1: Brad. El Bandido Yankee Tequila is the official sponsor of the We Like That two three top picks portion of the
0: podcast. Keith, let's tell the Bon Vivants the top three reasons El Bandido Yankee is our choice when it comes to premium tequila. Well, first of all,
1: El Bandido is authentically created with traditional methods using only mature blue Weber agave.
0: So you know it's the real stuff. That's right. And it's also confirmed 100% additive free with no added flavors, no Chemicals, no nonsense, just pure natural tequila goodness. That's
1: right. You know, but the best reason, Brad. What's that? It's the taste. You know, whether you're mixing it in your favorite cocktail or just sipping it straight.
0: and Whether it's Blanco or Reposado, El Bandito Yankee tequila goes down nice and easy. You bet it does. You know what the folks at El Bandito Yankee call that? It's criminally smooth. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's premium tequila at a palatable price. So
1: ask for it wherever you buy your fine spirits. El Bandito Yankee tequila. And
0: now it's time for the three top picks. Okay, Paul. So... <laughs> Accomplished
1: singer, songwriter, written tons of hits. So Brad and I were thinking, you ever driving along or listening to the radio and you, a song comes on and you're really moved by it or impressed by it and you think to yourself, man. I wish I'd written that song. So the three topics today is songs. I wish I'd written. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's how we do it. We'll go around one at a time. You just do one and then we'll each do one and we'll go around circle three times. We do honorable mentions. We cheat because this is a broad category. So, um, you know, th- today maybe
0: maybe you and I'll go. Yeah, Paul, why don't we do Paul that? Think about it yeah, for a second. Yeah, why don't I go first? Okay, I'm
1: have, I'm gonna actually gonna throw a couple of honorable mentions out there first. Oh, we cheat. Okay? It's our show. Yeah, because so we cheat, and, so, you and I, know. it's too broad a category. You it's know, I a got to think about it. I've like this is nuts. You can go anywhere with this. But my honorable mentions are um, Casey's Last Ride by Chris Christopherson because I the lyrics in it just blow me away. I love it. Um, Everything That Glitters by Dan Seals. And one of the reasons is our musical director, Dave Baker, when he covers that song, when he goes into the chorus, he does a retard on the really high note. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. Makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And anything by John Prine. I'm a huge John Prine fan, again, because of lyrics and stuff like that. He's a a poet. He's an American poet. Uh, Gone too soon. But uh, so those are my three. And one more. And we don't do religion on this show, but I wish I'd written "Amazing Grace." I think "Amazing Grace" is just a phenomenal hymn, and just one of those that you talk about message and everything. That's pretty much says it all. So, "Amazing Grace" is a pretty good song. Pretty good song. It's kind
0: of it's held up. Yeah, yeah, it's stood the test of time. That's for sure. It has indeed. So, those are my honorable mentions. I'll start there. I didn't know where to go on this thing. Know. You know what? But here's, here's what I did. The other day I was listening to another podcast and, uh, Paul Simon was on. Yeah, they uh, had Paul oh, wow. Simon on and I got to thinking, you know, there's a guy that's written a few songs. Yeah. I mean, he's amazing. And I thought, okay, I've got, I've got this challenge, uh, that we set up for ourselves and I've got to think, that the boxer. When you listen to this, you listen to the lyrics and how that and mm-hmm. how that thing was written mm-hmm. yeah. and put really together. Song. Yeah. And I'm like, man. So that was 1969. Of course, uh, let's see. Were there were there any bad songs on the Bridge Over Troubled Water uh, no. album? I was going to
1: say we could have done a category of three top Paul Simon songs we <laughs> wish we'd written. <laughs>
0: just about. Yeah, just about. That's a good one. So yeah, I no, thought, uh, that's, that's yeah. kind of one that, that yeah, I thought about. It's a great song. Um, you know, I've got my suck up one, which is when you say nothing. Well, we have been about mean, that. I mean, that's honestly, yeah, it's no, honestly right, right in there of, yeah. of songs that you just wish, oh man, I, I would, know. I would love to have, I'd love to have written that song. Yeah.
1: All hey, right, Paul, well, we, you got
0: one? Okay. Next is the guy that did. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I do. I have a
2: couple. Um, one, one is that, it, um, it's just always been like, to me, like one of the, coolest songs it just feels like it was so natural when it came out was Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone oh, there you Bill go Bill
1: yeah and it
2: covers a lot of ground in oh, there yeah. he's talking about a younger woman you know and stuff yeah you gotta leave young thing alone, but yeah. there ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Yeah. So it covers that, but it's also just about when, when she's, you know, he do not he did not know where she's gone right. this time. He don't know if she's gone to stay, but he's just, you know, he just living on the edge. And the melody,
0: that melody is right. so soulful. It's, but it's got a cool vibe. And the chords,
1: that little vamp. I know, I know, I know. yeah. I know. How'd
0: he come up with that?
1: You he know? just did it because he ran out of that's words. It's just a
2: way. <laughs> it's just a feel thing, you know. it's Just like it just feels good but there. Let's stay there it, for a it, second, little bit. And it was like, and, and they probably wanted to take it out.
1: They probably did. Probably you know, did. Some producer probably said, a yeah, no, oh, record you know. company, Feel, you can't just do that." But it's know, in but, a groove. It hits a groove. But he you know? did
2: what he wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, that's a great choice about
1: that song. Great choice.
2: Another one would be Miami, Miami. Keith Whitley singing. Dean okay. Dillon. I forget. He, uh, he, Dean's you know,
1: written a few, hasn't he? he? Yeah.
2: yeah, Dean was one of the writers on it. But that song to me is so
0: yeah. good.
2: Yeah. You know, and I love the way that Keith sang it. Is like, it's yeah, just,
0: uh, that was absolutely. I broke. I wish we had I, more more music from Keith Whitley. Yeah. I know, There's another I know,
1: one. The Too Soon. And I, it, I broke my other ones uh into some genres. And sort of a acoustic pop, I guess you'll call it, was, is Southern Cross, Crosby mm-hmm. Stills, Nash and Young. Yeah, very good and song. Stephen Stills, Rick Curtis, and Michael Curtis wrote it. Again, it's just got a cool beat, a cool vibe, and uh, you know, Crosby Stills, Nash and Young, the harmonies are just phenomenal. So that song has always been, probably, if you put a gun to my head, top five songs, my favorite songs at, uh, so Southern Cross is one of mine.
0: Well, I know so. That's a great segue, Keith. Oh, you got another one because it, it, it is well, considered a trop rock song. Well, yeah, yeah. and uh, um, I want to talk just for a minute about because I haven't had a chance to really on the on the podcast at this point, but everybody knows I'm a major parrot head, and we lost we lost the captain of the ship. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah. I couldn't and, uh, remember it if we talked about that or not but
0: we have not and so I think as far as a songwriter and a and a storyteller I don't think you can find anybody better than Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. And uh I'm getting ready to head down to uh meeting of the minds for a Buffett convention of all the parrot heads without Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's it's they moved
2: it this year, right? They
0: did. We were down at Gulf Source for the first time in twenty five years. Mm-hmm. We moved from uh Key West. And so I'm thinking about all of the songs that Jimmy's written and yeah, I think, again, which, uh, and,
1: which one did which one of the thousands <coughs> did you pick? Because there's uh, a lot of them. Be,
0: because because this is a this is a personal song about family and and his upbringing and really kind of the influence of the kind of music that he did and that's the captain and the kid. Yeah. Uh, about his grandfather who was a yeah. sailor. And yeah. he, You know, it yeah. was uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. It's it's a song of of uh, hope and and but I've got an honorable mention that I think is very very important and it's one coming out. Uh, it was, he recorded another album and I think knowing that the inevitable was going to happen, he wrote a song called Bubbles Up and it talks about if you're a diver, you watch the bubbles and if you watch the bubbles go up, the bubbles will lead you to safety. Right. And it's just, he wrote it, it's a, well, he helped, uh, Will Kimbrough help, Right with that one, but I think it is one of the most. It is a legacy that he left, yeah. left for us. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'll,
1: I look forward to hearing that one. I haven't heard that one because I'm, di- I'm a scuba diver. Comes so. out
0: November second. Cool. Uh, that album, and uh I think Jimmy will probably have another number one hit.
1: Oh, I bet. But
0: Margaritaville
1: topped the charts again after he passed. It did, yeah. The, the, da- the download charts, you know, the
0: download charts. But yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going be interesting down yeah. there yeah. next week. So it'll be fun,
1: though. You guys will have a good time.
0: It will be. It'll be a cel- It will be the biggest celebration of life you've ever oh, seen. Oh yeah,
2: it's time. It's yeah. time to do that for him. Yeah,
0: Paul, you got another one. Yeah,
2: I do. I, I was writing with a guy named Tom Johnston one time, and and we were sitting in – and I had so many questions for him because when I grew up, the Doobie Brothers were like, yeah, sure. I was going to say
1: the, the same Tom Johnson with the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: And so I, was, I, well, I didn't any, know if there was more than one. I had so. more questions than I did. a song I did. Yeah. But, uh, but we wrote wrote a little while and then I said, man, can you tell me about Long Train Running? How'd you come up with that? I mean, because oh, it's, it's just rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> Only <Totally laughs> rock and roll. And went, <laughs> no, it's not. It's more than that. It's like the the guitar, those oh, changes, and listen to the music. Yeah, and those, songs. those songs to me, I, if you know. If you could just go back and be a part of a song like that in time, it would just be so rewarding. I would think because it was so unique at uh, the time; it was a different
1: sound. No kidding. And
2: that little hammer-on thing, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. it was just cool. Anyway, I just love that. Song. Well, when I, when I was that. in high school,
1: I was a huge. I am a huge Doobie Brothers fan. When I was in high school, a good buddy of mine bought a Marantz component stereo system. This was a big deal. And he set it up And he handed me over And he dropped the needle On the Doobie Brothers And the first song Was China Grove oh. And you could hear The pick Hitting the string mm-hmm. yeah. And that You know Ching 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 And same thing With Long Train Running mm-hmm. And it was like Oh my God, I've died and gone to heaven. <laughs> oh, great I know, sound.
2: I know when you finally get some <laughs> great oh my speakers gosh.
1: in here. Great sound. Yeah. Well, he
2: told me about China Grove too. I asked him about that one and I said, how did you come up with that? And I've seen the sign where it says China Grove on the interstate. Yeah. And, and he said, well, we had a band house and we all, and our band was always there. We practiced, we came up with music and everything. We all lived there together and that's what we did. Yeah. And he said, we had the music first. And so we knew we liked the music. He said, when we were driving down, I saw the signs at China Grove. And I thought, hey, guys, that might be a good title for that song. Yes. And I said, it works." So they just made the rest of it up. And I was like, that's hilarious. Well, it is kind
1: of a strange (laughs) little story and lyrics, you know, if you think about it. The sheriff and his buddies with their samurai swords. Where would that come
2: from? I know, right? But I I, I just love the fact that when you're a songwriter, you just make stuff up. It doesn't have to be true or you didn't have to live it.
1: You know, that's funny. And growing up, I'm sure you had the same experience. Your your parents sometimes would hear lyrics to like rock and roll songs. and They're like, what's that mean? I don't know. It doesn't have to mean anything, no, you know. It can it be a riddle. It doesn't have to mean anything. It means whatever you want it to mean.
2: Well, Don yeah. McLean, I mean, he did yeah. "Bye Bye American Pie." I mean, it's everybody. I How many like,
1: interpretations of that were like there? It felt like a
2: riddle to me. Yeah. So, I, for a while, I wrote a lot of riddle songs. And yeah. when I got to Nashville, they go,
0: "Nobody understood what I was saying." <laughs> Well, doesn't that remind you of uh, one of our other special guests that we had? We had B. Bertels on. Uh, that was one of the founders of Little River Band. And we said, so what happened? How did you name that? He said, well, we were driving down, and there was a turnoff of Little River, and we yeah. had to come up with a name for the band. <laughs> and so we decided, so, how about Little we'll River, the Little, River the Little River Band. No, that's about how it happened. So. That's exactly right.
1: <laughs> well, well, my next selection is in the – so we did the pop kind of pop acoustic. My next one is rock, although the song itself is not rock. But I, uh, Brad and I, diverge uh, opinions on this. I'm a Pink Floyd fan, and I I wish I had written the song "Wish You Were Here." It is acoustic in nature, but again, the the lyric and some of the lyrics are kind of like, "What's that mean?" I you know, but it's it has a message. And uh, Roger Waters wrote that song, a, a original member of Pink Floyd, and so that would be on my list. Wish you were here. Is that one Pink Floyd song that you can tolerate? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. That one. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, mainstream. Some of them are weird. I get it, but yeah, that one's pretty mainstream.
0: Well, this one is about as mainstream as it gets. And I've talked about it on the show before and you probably know the songwriter very, very well, but I, uh, came out in 1988 in the, the self-named, uh, album Garth Brooks and that's the dance. Oh yeah. I just think it's one of the prettiest, most perfect songs ever written. Mm. Uh, Tony Arata Mm -hmm. wrote it. Probably a friend of yours. Mm -hmm. I know him. (laughs) Yeah. We're not close, but again, I I think, I think that's a bluebird, uh, story, isn't it? That Garth heard him do that at the bluebird and said, Oh my, I've got to do that song. Yeah. 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 And I just think, I think the message, everything in it is.
1: Well, you talk about universal messages. Who in their life doesn't have things that they can look back on and say, I made a choice. I did something. Right. And, you know, maybe there are regrets, but if I hadn't done it a certain way, I would have been less of a person and had right. less experience. But at least I did. You know, I, I did something.
2: I, you know, I, 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 met, just think I did the dance. Yep. It's,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's well,
2: just, I just heard I heard that one fan came up to uh, Garth or some at some point and said, why did I have to miss the dance? In the song, it says, "But but I'd have had to miss oh, the dance." Oh,
0: no. oh, I didn't. Oh, I
2: didn't get you it. You didn't get it. So I'd, I'd have had to miss the dance. The girl. <laughs> yeah. She like yeah. thinking it's, it was a girl. Yeah, but yeah. okay. I'd have had to miss the dance.
0: That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funnier now that it you. It is now. It. Yeah, I
1: get it. They we'll know. edit that together so we
2: get I a was laugh. Just, it was just a joke.
0: <laughs> Slow on the uptake. Cause you know how many people I'm sure go up to him and say, you know, that change, that yeah. song changed my life, yeah. you know, and that sort of thing. That's a different response. Yeah. <laughs> well, my last, my last one
1: is in the country genre and it's, this is a selfish reason. Uh, it's it's i wish i had written god bless the usa by lee Greenberg. Oh, wow. <laughs> because because you gets get because you get tons of royalties off of it you get a, you get a check it. every month exactly yeah. and uh, yeah. and um, it's it's patriotic i mean i like i do like the message behind it and you know to have that that song identified with you know Fourth of July and and patriotic stuff. I just think man, that'd be pretty cool to have written that song. Yeah, so, got to see Lee yeah. do a couple times. Yeah, yeah have too. I yeah. did in
0: in Washington. D. He C. still does a time. good job with it too. He sure does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. he sure does. You got any more? Paul? I think I've told y'all everything I know. All right, <laughs> all, right. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, you had good ones. Yeah, <laughs> he played the game. Yeah, well, thanks for playing the game. <laughs> for a rookie, thanks played, for playing the He game. played the yeah, game so. pretty well. Yeah.
1: And Paul, thanks again for taking You're time. So I mean, I hope you've had fun. We nice to be we. We certainly have. And uh we wish you all the best. We'll post everything. We'll put you up on the podcast webpage and stuff like that. Keep us informed yeah, just, on what's going just on. Just tell
2: people they can find our music sure. at pauloverstreet.com. Yeah, we'll,
1: and we'll post links and all that stuff okay. on our website. And uh if you, if you feel the reciprocate, you can do that too. And when the show comes out, we'll let you know and – and when the episode's available. So Bon Vivants, thanks for joining us. Paul, thanks for joining us. This has
0: been a dandy and a a, a thrill. And guess what? I get to come see him tonight. There you go. So So that's going to be great. Break a leg and have a great show tonight. All All right, right. Dr. Jones. Cheers. Cheers.
1: We Like That Too is produced as a labor of love for the enjoyment of Bon Vivant's everywhere. To get information about our bottles and links to our guests, go to our website, welikethatpodcast.com. Tune in to new episodes by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. Please remember to rate, review, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Like
0: That Podcast. So, everybody, hey, remember the numbers one bottle, two good friends, and three top picks because we, we like, like that, too. that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too We like that too